Hi, everyone. It's Hannah Nieves of the HN House podcast, and I have the privilege of being joined by the Miriam Laundry. Thank you so much for being here. Hannah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so pumped, and I am just so intrigued by you, what you do, your story. Um, and for those that don't know, Miriam is an incredible, incredible individual that helps people write children's books. So can you just talk to us a little bit about like, how did you get here? What did the story look like? Walk us through it all. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'll start by saying that I've always been an entrepreneur. I've had different businesses through my life, but I'll take you back to exactly 10 years ago. 2012 was, you know, there are times in our lives where we pivot, where something changes, uh, where, where we feel like we should be going in a different direction. And that was 2012. So 2012, I gave birth to my son. So I have four children. That was my last son, my last child, I should say. And amazing, great day. And then the following day was one of those days, horrible days, which I will never forget. Um, my family and I lost our 17 year old niece to suicides. Wow. So it was horrible. You can imagine I was in the hospital. My husband was picking me up to take me home and gave me that news. So I was everybody was dealing with a lot. I can only speak for myself, you know, the grieving, the baby blues, I was not in a good place at all. So yeah. my husband noticed and he suggested about eight weeks into it, um, that I go to a seminar that I just get away and go to uh, a conference. It was a it was a conference taught by Jack Canfield. He knew I loved the chicken soup for the soul books. And he had another book, the success principles. So he said, go there for a week, just get away. And that week was amazing. I mean, you know what it's like being in a room full of positive people, people working on themselves. Uh, we were learning so many great things about our passion, our vision, goal setting, limiting beliefs, all of this. I loved it, but I just kept thinking, I wish these things would have been taught to me when I was younger. Mm. Where would my life be had I learned this when I was younger? So of course, I was thinking about my children and my niece. And on the flight home, it was a long flight. I kept thinking, okay, what's the one thing I'm going to go home and tell my kids about? They were pretty young. The oldest was nine at the time. What is it that I'm going to teach them? And I thought the most important thing is to let go of the word can't. The word can't has limited me in my life that believes that I can't go for things. I can't do this. I can't, you know, all of those things. So I thought that's what I'm going to teach them but I just can't come home and dump this information on them. I, I needed to be creative. So that's when I wrote the first draft to a book, which I called, I Can Believe in Myself. I'd never thought of writing before. It just came out of a, a really a desire to start helping my children young. Um, I came, I wrote that first draft. I had to learn a lot along the process, you know, along the way, but that's, that's how I really started writing for children. Wow. And those you can't see right now, but I see the book in the corner of your screen right now. That is incredible. I have chills right now. I actually didn't know that specific piece of your story, which makes sense why you're so passionate about this. Because every time I talk to you too, you can just feel it. You can feel the energy there. Now I can imagine too. Now you have this newborn, you're writing this book, you're going through the motions, you're also grieving the loss of your niece. You know, what did the process, I'm just curious because a lot of people in this community are thinking about writing a book. And I also think a lot of people are, are not maybe thinking about writing a children's book. So like, what did the process look like? Did you go traditional self-published? Like, yeah, talk to us yeah. there. Yes. 
um, so I, I, so now I have five children's books. The first three I self-published and the last two I traditionally published. So I feel like I have a unique perspective on this. I would suggest that for a first time author that you self-publish a book. Self-publishing has changed so much. You can, I mean, make sure that it's a quality book, mm -hmm. <laughs> children's book or adult book. You don't want to just do something and it's done. Work is required but everybody can do it. I really believe that anybody that wants to write for children can write for children. There are things you need to know, just like anything. I would suggest taking some classes, learn a little bit more. Absolutely, you can do it. So for me, I decided I was going to self-publish. I talked to authors who had done both. So I was able to compare. And really the main thing was that I wanted this book to come out soon. And by soon, I mean, it took me nine months. But compared to my traditionally published book, that took me five years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, wow, that's a long time. <laughs> that's a big difference. So I knew that it was going to take a long time. I had a friend who had done both. And for him, it took him two years. For me, it took five. But, you know, it's, it's really tough. The reality is that it's tough to get a traditional publishing deal. Publishing houses are looking for authors who are established or people who are established and by what I mean by that is that you have to have a following, you have to have a large platform, because mm. when you're traditionally published, they're putting out all the expenses of publishing a book, and it's an investment. So they want to know that when the book comes out, you can market your own book, mm. right? Like there's this myth that a traditional publisher is just going to sell your book, but it's not true. They do the first couple of weeks, the first month, then it's up to you to continue marketing the book. So either way, you have to market your book, whether you self-publish or traditionally publish. So I would suggest that's the easiest route would be self-publishing. If you want to do it different later, you can. There's a lot of other pros. The pros are that you own the copyright to your book. You own your book. I know that your listeners are entrepreneurs and that was something that was important to me. I want to own the book. I mean, I can sell my own book. I want to be the one sharing it and I don't want to be getting like 80 cents per book. I want the whole thing. <laughs> I can do it on my own. Yeah. I love that. I think that's really helpful comparison too, because I know people kind of sit on both sides of, you know, you should go this way or that way. And one thing that's coming up for me as well, because it's interesting, like writing a book is definitely on my radar personally. And I was just talking about this event yesterday, how like, if you're thinking about a book, even if it's in the next few years, like you want to start building the roadmap for your personal brand now, um, which I know for a lot of people can, there's like a sense of overwhelm that comes with that too, because it's like, am I qualified to write this book? What am I writing about? What's the creative process? How do I build my platform? So I'm curious as you are going through this process, like what were some of the, maybe not fears, but like, what are some of the things that you started to think about as you're going through this process? Yeah. And when you talk about fear, for me, the biggest thing at the time, 10 years ago was putting myself out there. Mm. What it was, I mean, more than putting myself out there, it was the fear of what are people going to say that I'm transitioning from it was I was an entrepreneur to now I'm calling myself an author. I mean, it's like it's with anything. Nobody's going to go and give you a title. You are now an author or you are now a photographer. <laughs> you know, you have to you have to learn because you always do take the yeah. courses, find the mentors, put yourself in the room with other people that are working on similar goals or the same goals. Well, help me get over that was just 
the, my why. And my why was yeah. that I really wanted to empower children. I wanted to empower a lot of children with my children's book. And uh, I mean, I'll say to what you just said that there's a lot of people that want to write books, but they may not know that they want to write a children's book. Mm-hmm. You know, an adult book is about 50,000, 80,000 words anywhere like that. It's a big book. It's a big commitment. A children's picture book is anywhere from 500 words to a thousand words. So that to me seemed more doable because I have to say, I did start writing an adult book prior to that, but a children's book seemed more doable. And we all have something that I believe we want to share with the next generation. Like a lot of my clients come to me because they wish they would have learned something when they were younger, or they have something to pass on. A children's book is a platform for sharing a message. So I, I can think about um, a particular student. She's a, she's a success coach, Sheila Rochio. She wrote a book about fear of the unknown, because that's wow. what she kept seeing in her adult clients. And she thought, well, children really need to learn that younger. (laughs) So it's a cute book about a turtle and fear of the unknown, having a new house, going to a new place. So, you know, whatever we want to impart in children, that can be put into a children's book. We do have to be careful. I'll say this. We have to be careful in children's books that we are not being very preachy or hitting children over the head with a message because they've spent all day at school learning. They go home and parents are trying to teach them something. So a book really has to be number one, entertaining. And we have to weave that message in there. And we have to help children discover the message for themselves. So I always, yeah, I always start with a message, but then I have to remember, okay, who is my reader? It's an eight-year-old. They don't want me telling them, don't say the word can't. So how can I put that into a story that in the end, they're going to think, oh, you know, I can relate to that. I can't tie my shoelaces or I can't ride my bike without training wheels, but now I'm going to say I can, I'm going to go for it. I love that. And as you know, you were talking, my wheels were turning and I was thinking, I'm like, I have a lot of messages I want to share with younger children and people. So I think that's so powerful. And, you know, I actually didn't know about the, the difference. I mean, obviously it makes sense with children's books versus adult books. But like, when you think about whatever, say 500 to 900 words, I'm thinking that's like the length of an op-ed that is like a blog post in terms of text. That's so doable for us to, to do. Um, I love that. So as you were, you know, preparing for the book launch, which now you have, you know, several under your belt. Um, this is another thing that comes up a lot, especially on like our PR, um, side of things at HN consulting is, preparing to bring the book to life, right? The launch process of that. Can you share any wisdom or just feedback just from your experience going through this several times, but also helping so many students go through this as well? Yes. Um, So the first thing is to start building your platform. I wish I would have done that at the very beginning, but just open a social media account and call it, you know, um, Hannah Nieves author. (laughs) whatever you want to call it and start taking people on the journey with you because it will take time, right? I just wrote my first draft. I just got my first edit. Take a look at these illustrations. Help me choose. Do you like this one or this one? Like take people on the journey, get them invested in that. They're not only interested, but you're also inspiring them, empowering them to go for their dreams when they see you going for yours. But the, the biggest thing that I'll say is plan for a great launch. And I started off by 
I don't know if other people call it this. We call it an ambassador list. Make a list of every person you know, friends, family, who you can ask, um, would you be an ambassador for me? Which means that on the day of my launch, would you go on social media and just share a little blurb? I'll send you three different things. Copy, paste. My friend Hannah has just published, mm -hmm. has just launched her book. Or I just came across this amazing book about this and this. Here's where you go. We want to be omnipresent on that day and have everybody talking about the book. So that's that's the biggest thing that we do with our authors. Choose a date, have a lot of people sharing about it on that day, and really like go for a bestseller status on Amazon or wherever you're going. So really be intentional. And it's not just like, hey, I just launched my book. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes sense. And speaking of bestsellers list, this is something, and I work with some clients that are like in the motions of working on a book deal or they're self-publishing. And we get really hung up on, you know, the bestsellers list. I have to be on whatever New York Times or Wall Street Journal bestsellers list or anything like that. Do you um, have any thoughts or preferences or does it really, does it not matter? Yeah, I think, I mean, definitely saying that you're a bestselling author adds credibility, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, a book will add credibility to anything that you're doing. Um, you become you become a leader in that field or you, not the leader. What is it? The word that I'm trying to say. Like an authority. An authority, exactly, an authority. So that part, just having a book will help, whatever your business is, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, and then saying that you're a bestseller also adds credibility. I remember for myself, I, I told myself, I want to be a New York Times bestselling author. But I didn't know what that would entail. Years later, I have figured it out. Uh, if you are self-published author, you cannot go for a New York Times mm -hmm. bestseller. That's for traditionally published books. It is a lot, a lot of work to be a New York Times bestseller because, okay, so I self-published the first three books and then I traditionally published the two. I co-authored the last two with Jack Canfield, the Chicken Soup for the Soul author. So I had my big full circle moment when, when that happened, you know, being first at his training and then co-authoring two books with him. But I remember when, when we had our meeting with our publisher and with Jack, I said, I really want to be a New York Times bestselling author. And they, they both looked at me kind of like, Okay. Okay. Like I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know, like I was young and they explained that oh, really a lot of work has to go into that. It takes a lot of money. Also uh, New York times bestseller, you have to sell the most books in a one week period. So there are campaigns that are built around this. There's a lot of PR around it. So it is a big investment. Um, and Jack Canfield said to me, I'm really not interested in that. He is, I think, I don't know, I don't know how many times, 15 or 17 times a New wow. York Times bestseller. So I let that go and, and that's fine. But even saying that you're an Amazon bestseller is a big deal. So when you're self-publishing, you would go for an Amazon bestseller list. Um, there are other lists. You could also be an award-winning author. There are many awards that are giving to indie authors, self-published authors. You just have to look for them, submit your book. There's always a little bit of a fee, but it's your book is being critiqued and given an award, you know, a bronze, silver, or gold type of idea. So that also helps credibility. And yeah. I mean, it also 
feeds our ego a little bit. Like I wrote something good. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I think that's really helpful for people to know too, because I've been on the back end um, of a launch that was on the New York times bestsellers list too. Um, Just in being part of like the ambassador piece of it as well. And just seeing the amount of work and time and energy and resources that go in. I definitely can attest that to being on the other side, but that's really, really powerful to know because I feel like a lot of people go into book writing with that intention of, I need to be on this bestsellers list with my first book. And I imagine too, like, you know, you've done several books at this point too, where every book has probably like progressed over time. I want to shift gears here a little bit because I'm so intrigued with this Guinness world record blog post. So can you just walk us through what happened with this? What was the experience? What did that look like? Yes. Yeah. So uh, that happened with my first book in 2014. I have a Guinness world record, which is (laughs) just wild. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is what happens. I wrote the first book. It was just coming out. I went to another seminar that was being taught by Jack and he had us write our BHAG, he called it, our big, hairy, audacious goal of what we wanted to accomplish in the next year. And I remember writing down, I want to empower 100,000 children to believe in themselves by this date with my book, of course. And I remember writing that goal and just like dropping the pen because I was overcome by fear and the idea of how will I ever reach so many children. But, you know, I started believing in myself. He had to turn to the person on your right, tell them your goal, turn to the person on your left, tell them your goal. It'd be, you know, it was anchored in. It just forced me to think bigger. At the time I was visiting schools and it would have taken me years to reach that many children. It forced me to think bigger. So I just kept asking myself, okay, a hundred thousand children, how am I going to do that? And the idea of going for a Guinness world record came to me. So I worked really hard at it, told everybody I knew about it, did a lot of networking. Um, And, you know, sometimes when you know this, when you set that big goal, the people, the resources, what you need is going to come to you because you have this big vision. It was it wasn't about selling books. It was about empowering 100,000 children. And. And people started talking about it. People in other countries started talking about it. We had people pre-register for it. And on May 7th, we started, uh, It's so my record is for the largest online book discussion in a 24-hour period. So we had children in 29 different countries all over the world, all reading the book and then going online and leaving a quick comment on the blog. What is something you're going to go for? What is your new I can? So we had 103,000 people in total. It was, it was, I mean, it was surreal. We had the Guinness world record adjudicator come to our town. And I mean, I didn't know if I got it up until the moment we put this event until he was on stage. He wouldn't tell me before gave me the Guinness world record. And so it was a, it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. Um, And so many great things have come out, out of that. Wow. I'm like, I'm blown away. I'm like almost speechless here. I'm like, that is incredible. Like down to the 103,000, like you were just over that goal, which makes me think about like visualization. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you actively like incorporate this in like your daily routine or things like that. I talk about feature visualization a lot because that's how I've also 
I feel like it's been a really helpful part in accomplishing a lot of these big goals. So like, I'm actually just curious, like off the record here. So when you are thinking about that hundred thousand, you know, impact on these children, did you visualize like at the time, like was it a Guinness world record? And did you like visualize actually the process of like going on stage? I'm just curious, like, what did you go through? Such a good question. And I have forgotten about that. I have not been visualizing lately, but at the time I hired a coach and we would sit and visual, I would sit and visualize. Um, It was a guided visualization and I would sit and close my eyes and I would visualize myself walking up on this stage, getting this um, frame. And then my next visualization, I would always think about children on their computers, leaving a message, but it would always end with me being at a restaurant. Cause we were celebrating and reaching out. I remember reach out your hand and grab that cold glass of water, bring it up, you know, put the napkin on your, like the whole thing, this coach would help me visualize and it happened. So it absolutely wow. helps. It absolutely oh. helps. I got to go back to visualizing now. Yes. That well, I up. was thinking about that because I'm like, I, I'm a very visual person myself. And it's crazy to think about those things because it's happened to me several times. And I was curious as you were like writing down your big scary goal at this event, like, did you actually visualize winning this? Cause I feel like that's, I mean, down to the number, like there's so many, I mean, incredible pieces there. Wow. I mean, so now I'm curious, like what's next for you now that you've done this and now you're impacting so many students now with being able to do this, like what's next for your brand? Yeah, that that's exactly it. So the shift I shifted two years ago during the pandemic from publishing my own books, I still publish my own books now helping other authors be able to do that. So through the years, people have always reached out to me and asked, hey, I have a story. Can you read it? Can you give me some feedback? Can you tell me what the next thing is? You know, can I take you out for coffee and pick your brain? That sort of thing. And I realized I was doing that a lot. Um, and my, until my husband said to me one day, you should keep track of that. That's If people are asking you that, that's a business. So I thought, okay, I'm going to first take six authors and help them through the process. That went really well. And then I opened the publishing company. So I'm a hybrid publisher. I now teach all things children's book, writing, publishing, and launching your book. And then we also publish for other authors. So by the end of this year, I'm so happy uh, we will have published 50 brand new authors, 50 brand new books, which to me means that Now it's not just my five books out in the world impacting children's lives. Now there are 50 other books out there impacting children's lives. I believe that quality children's books can change the world because here's the thing. Children have made up their minds. Studies show that by the time they're eight or nine, they've already made up their mind about who they are. They already have the confidence built in. They they have made up their mind about whether they're smart or not, whether they're athletic or not, whether they're good looking or not. You know, they've made up their mind by that time, but by the age of eight or nine. So I want to reach children young. That's why I want to write children's picture books for four to eight-year-olds. I want to help them build that confidence in them so that later on in life, I mean, I I think everybody should be taking courses and going and mm-hmm. working on themselves, but maybe they're not going to have that much to work on themselves. You know, I, I've been on, on my own journey of, of self-development for the last 20 years. I wish better 
for my children and for the next generation. So that's why I want to get to them when they're younger. So that's why it's important for all of us. If we know something that's important, like what, what is it that you want to share with children? Put that into a children's book. Allow them to learn that at an earlier age and they will remember those books. They'll remember, they'll remember that message. Oh, I love that. Now we're all going to go and create children's books. I know I am. Um, (laughs) So tell me and tell our audience, like, how can they, you know, work with you if they're thinking about launching a children's book, um, share all the details and where to connect with you. Yeah. Yeah. My my website or Instagram, miriamlaundry.com is my website. Uh, Miriam Laundry Publishing is Instagram. And on my website, if you are thinking of writing a children's book, what I started doing on that flight home was first, I wrote down an outline of what my book would be. So I wanted, for sure, I wanted that message to be delivered. So the opposite of that was my problem in my story. The opposite of what you want to teach is, okay, there has to be a character that has a problem and then the steps to take them to the solution. So I have a, a a free uh, blueprint, writing your own blueprint. That's on my website, miriamlaundry.com forward slash blueprint. You're all welcome to get it and start just thinking about, okay, if I was going to write a children's book, what would it look like? What is the message? What is the problem? How do we take them to the solution? And that's a great way to start. Oh, I love that. I'm going to put that in the show notes for everyone. But I just have to say, thank you so much for joining me this morning and just sharing your wisdom. And I just I love your story and you, and I just appreciate you so much for being here. Hannah, thank you for everything that you're doing. I've been listening to your podcast and you have amazing, amazing guests. You also provide great feedbacks for everybody this morning. I was saying to you, I was listening to your experience at Necker Island. I mean, amazing. So thank you for being a light in this world and for helping so many people. Thank you so much.